This episode of The Great Equalizer is brought to you by the Lego Group in celebration of their reimagined Lego Friends range. The 2023 Lego Friends universe includes characters with a wide variety of skin tones, cultural backgrounds, different abilities and neurodiversity, all with authentic personalities and relationship scenarios. Review our website and show notes for more on the latest Lego Friends set with links to a Lego Friends TV special currently streaming on the Lego YouTube channel. This is The Great Equalizer, a parenting podcast about the realities of being a mom or dad in the 2020s. We are your hosts, Sam and Charlene, and we believe we're all rocking the same kind of crazy. So let's get real, let's get honest, and let's have a laugh about the ups and downs of our current upside down. Hashtag no judges. On this episode of The Great Equalizer, Sam puts down the whip. Ooh. Not that kind of whip. Ah. Well, Charlene is a blank space. And we chat about being good. Kind. Sweet. Pleasant. Amicable. Good-natured. A pleasure to work with. And everything else that underscores the damaging good girl archetype. With conscious parents and founder of Consciously Connected, Claire M. Hello. Hello. So we have with us in studio today the very lovely Claire M's. Welcome. Who we're actually welcoming back into the studio, aren't we, Sam? That is correct. Claire schooled us in episode 80 of The Great Equalizer in 2021. Yeah. Two years ago. <laughs> Two years ago, guys. It's nuts. It's nuts. Um, unconscious parenting, the, the topic. Um, we unpacked it. We were doubters, mm. weren't we, Charlene? We were skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we were sold on it. There's been so much discussion since then. And um, I think it's really framed the way that that we've managed the podcast mm. since as well. So thank you for that. And welcome back, Claire. Mm. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's so lovely to be here. Lovely to meet you in real life. Oh, yes. Just on Zoom. Yeah. How <laughs> crazy. We're hey? doing in-person things now. Yeah. Right. Yay. Yes. I want to I interrupt quickly, mm. Claire. Hey! <laughs> I didn't know. Yesterday was oh, your birthday. Happy birthday! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I thought I would surprise you too. Let's do it again. Happy birthday! <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Thank you. If I'd known, I would have serenaded you. Oh. <laughs> There's still time. There's still time. <laughs> oh my Don't gosh. make offers. Don't write checks, checks you, you can't cash. Okay, <laughs> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Claire. Happy birthday to you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well done. <laughs> okay, enough, enough. So to fill in our viewers, um, Claire is an intuitive coach, a parent coach, a spiritual medium, and a writer with a memoir out now called Changing My Beliefs Changed My Life. Mm-hmm. Claire is also founder and co-creator of Consciously Connected. We're going to put everybody in touch with the website. It's a network of parents, educators, therapists, and community leaders who have come together to foster a more conscious way of living 
and raising our children. There's obviously a lot to unpack here, Claire, but we must applaud you on sharing your journey with parents and coming at conscious living in such an honest and transparent way. Having done your initial six-week course on the conscious parenting, there is a lot of synergy here with TGE's hashtag no judges policy. Mm. How did you come across the great equalizer? Was it, was it us? Was it you? Was it? There was there was like a, it was like that Instagram space. Yeah, you right? guys got yeah. in touch, and then Sam yeah. filled me in on there's this Claire woman, and yeah, then we decided to. Yeah, I talk. think it was through like a mutual friend, mm. and then once we all started talking, I watched and I was like, like you guys are raw, <laughs> and I love raw and mm. in a good way. Like it's like you just say what you actually think. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, the, un- you, it's, the, it's yeah. the unfiltered thing. That's it. And that also plays into our hashtag no judges. I mean, we always, Sam's mom likes to say that hashtag no judges is a cop out. But the truth <laughs> is, I think we're also trying to remind ourselves that in a world where there's so much imperfection and we're all just trying our best to navigate what we actually have no manual for, yeah. <laughs> you know, that we may as well just be like honest with ourselves and be like, hey, I don't actually know how this works. So I'm going to have conversations about it and see if I can enrich my viewpoint and open up my, 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 my horizons to try and see things from a different perspective. And it's also, it's so easy, even on the conscious parenting journey, like working with it every day, you get into this thing where you're like, I've got to be perfect now. Because I know these things, I've got to do them, but I can't always do them. So it's like that pendulum swinging. It like can swing too much either way, and you've mm-hmm. just got to find that balance. And I will say in the, the six-week course that I did, part of why we were skeptical and I was skeptical is I felt fearful that I might be what I'm doing wrong will be highlighted and I will just it'll be in my face like here Charlene you are a failure because you're not doing it x y and z and it was not that at all it was a very welcoming safe space to feel like well I don't have all the answers and that's why we're here to help each other to be real with each other to say look I also battle that and to to just have a little toolkit and you're not always going to use the tools. Sometimes you're going to forget you have the toolkit. But you do sometimes in the back of your mind, you're like, ah, oh, I remember this is that. And I can pick mm-hmm. up this tool when I need it. So, Claire, we, tell us a little bit more about the platform, about Consciously Connected. Because you've grown since we've last spoken. It was the Conscious Parenting Association. And there's been an evolution since then. And now it really is a network that provides tools. So how exactly is it working now? Okay, so we we rebranded to Consciously Connected because the more we were working with parenting, the more we realized that consciousness or however you want to say it, just or reframing things, just it filters into everything. Mm -hmm. So we started working with teachers, educators, therapists, and we started seeing we can't just be Conscious Parenting Association. We just want to be consciously connected to whoever wants to be a part of what we do yeah consciously living your life in general and and different times there will be different touch points that's it and i mean we even dive into like spirituality sexuality we start realizing this is it's more than just parenting it's it's everything it's a broad it's a very broad spectrum yes and it never ends (laughs) it's always something new coming in constantly evolve as times change and as we as individuals change that's a lot of i see a lot of the same happening with the great equalizer because a lot of what 
I mean, it's we are a parenting podcast, but a lot of what we talk about is like an us. It's what's happening here in the inner workings of Sam and Charlene. It's a lifestyle Mm. podcast because it's about life, how we are navigating life on a daily basis. Sometimes Mm. that's that has got to do with work or schooling or raising our children or friendships or, you know, navigating traffic. (laughs) So and, and I think a lot of it has to do with vulnerability. Um, Brene Brown would be proud, guys. So we we know firsthand how difficult it is. All three of us know how difficult it is to be vulnerable in this space, but also that there is really no better foundation for growth. Um, which is why, Claire, we're going to throw you in the deep end, and you will be joining us for our first segment, which we like to call "How Are You? How Are You Really?" Okay. So last time we chatted uh, in episode 80, we're 20, like six, 24 episodes deep. On deeper, from on there, from yes, there. yes. How crazy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we did things a bit differently. Charlene and I debriefed with one another and then brought your interview in. Now we have the pleasure of having you with us in person. So mom to mom, firstly, let's fill our listeners in. You have two little ones, two little girls. Um so tell us about that, about, you know, who calls you mom, and then tell us uh, how are you and how are you really? Yes, yeah, so, so maybe as a prompt you can complete the sentence, Claire is dot, dot, dot. Okay, Claire is, <laughs> you're all over the place, to be honest. It's been, my, my, my oldest just started grade one this year, so like I started grade one this year. <laughs> Same WhatsApp group, honey. Same yeah, WhatsApp and group. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on half the time. And it's, uh, it's navigating things that I thought, you know what, I've got this. Mm-hmm. Conscious parenting, we do things differently, it's going to be fine. But all the same stuff comes up and I don't know how to handle it. And it's, it's good because like you say, the vulnerability brings growth and it's hard, but it's, it's good. Yeah. It's bringing a lot of lessons to us as a family. Mm. At least, like, we were in organizing this. Claire and I were, were chatting as we voice noting. And we're like, sorry, this message is so late. It's just, and what you said about gymnastics. And my eldest is also stopping gymnastics because I cannot handle the scheduling. And Claire as well. Like, it's just, it's just too just much. The puzzling together of what worked last year is not working this year. So I feel you mm. on the like, I'm, I also feel very much all over the place. So you have two little ones. Two. Yeah. Your eldest is in grade one. Your, yeah. your youngest, youngest? Grade double naught. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And their new thing now is like, they want choices. Conscious parenting wants choices, but you can't have all the choices. So now every day it's something new. I don't want to do that. She, I don't want to talk about it too much on here because she's not here to, to say that I can. But yeah, for sure. during school, she'll say to a teacher, like, I don't really want to do that. And the teacher's like, oh, and the teacher's really good. She'll send me a message. She's like, she didn't want to do this today. We would like her to do it. Can you talk to her at home? <laughs> and it's becoming such a, it's like, let's negotiate here. You know, let's, but it's, it's, again, a lesson. And I had to sit with her and say, we are teaching choice at home. But sometimes there's stuff you have to and do. And sometimes in life we don't have a choice. Mm. That's, I've, I hear you on that so much because 
big school for them now is much more structured. You have to sit at a desk. You have to do your homework. This is the recess. This is the time we do this. This is the much more structured. Whereas I feel like in preschool, even though in grade R, they're kind of being introduced to that structure. It's still a lot of play and kind of being free much more than in grade one. This is the real world. I mean, yeah. you're like, you're in uniform here. You're, Things are going down. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy for for parents. But what I have realized this year with um, my eldest also moving schools is it's so much easier to be a conscious, understanding parent who offers choice when you don't have that that structure. So with smaller children, mm. um, you know, so the toddler toddlers to say five. Conscious parenting is actually easier, as difficult as what it is. But you're taught during that phase of the child's life that they are they're 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 learning. They're like a, a toddler because of the way their brain is developing or not yet developed. The tantrums and the acting out and the, that's all normal and. Anything really goes. All bets are off when you've got a toddler because this is just having a meltdown. And everybody kind of on like the understands, right? In the supermarket, yeah, it's like cool. It. All of a sudden, you have to flick a switch, and now you have a grade one who has to look like a businessman in a black blazer and just be all big and adult and, and have their stuff together and have their shit together <laughs> and shit together. all of a sudden i mean i feel jarred by it i can mm. only imagine how my boy must be feeling and he's just he has just been a little trooper but he likes structure i am Cucking myself for <laughs> Jesse yeah. needs to go next year. So yeah. So we, what you said, Claire, is um, we're going to touch on with with regard to you raising your kids a certain way, and the world looks is different, saying something else, and it is tricky. And this is exactly what we're going to really get stuck in today. Um, but Charlene, you. Uh, how are you? How are you, really? You're a blank space, my friend. What's happening? I, I just, I'm, I feel like a blank space because when, you know, when you're like doing something on your computer and you give a command and nothing happens, you're just like, why is it not doing this? You're supposed to be doing something. Like, type, for goodness sake. Why are the letters not coming up? You know when words sometimes there's a bit of a lag and it doesn't type what you wanted to type. That's how I feel. I feel like I need just a moment with everything in my life at the moment. And I think it is, I won't say burnout, but I think I'm just, um, my inbox is full. <laughs> you know, there's a there's a lot of noise. And I, I find myself in the moment... Okay, so this is what we're doing now. We're packing lunches now. We're doing that. Okay, then we're doing swimming. So I can't afford to think about too much next week or even the weekend. Or So Rhett will ask me, like, what are our plans for this weekend? And I have to take a moment and just recalibrate mm -hmm. and be like, I don't fucking know, actually, <laughs> because I, I feel like I don't know what's going on. So I just have to, in the moment, focus at the task, at a uh, focus on the task at hand and then tackle it when I'm in it. I just mm. feel kind of blank. Like, <laughs> I think that most moms will be able to relate to that. You're you're an automaton. You're on mommy. With the words again. Yeah. Yeah. This one. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I 
and putting the whip down. <laughs> okay, and I, I, I'm going to latch on to what you said because I was solo parenting for two months, did the, the big school transition, had my kids up two hours earlier and managed like now and throwing in new things like you mentioned lunchboxes. I think um, it's underestimated how much headspace lunch lunches take up in a mom's world. <laughs> I literally stood in front, not to interrupt your story or to detract from it, but I stood in front of the fridge. You know how sometimes you just go to the fridge and open the door and you're like, what was I doing here again? No. I stood yeah. there and I was like, what am I going to feed these little fucks? <laughs> That's literally what it's happened in my mind. So I, you know, I was very anxious leading up to um leading up to the, the 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 school like the first day of school i knew that we were gonna be up two hours earlier i knew that i had to navigate a new route do two drop-offs and be there emotionally for my children in this new phase and so i went into robot mode for mm. two months you had to. and also said to my husband when you come that like just understand there is a system. <laughs> Sit back and watch, honey, because like the this this is a well oiled machine now. Mm. You know, and the codes are laid to out. Just slide in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and on like in the within the first week, we were done forty five minutes earlier in the morning because I had an extra pair of hands. Mm. And I kind of looked around and went, What do oh, I do now? What has <laughs> happened? <laughs> what happened with this time? So I and there was a point last week where we finally split up the drop offs. And Ray took Elijah to his school and I took Noah to his school. And this, I, this weightlessness came over me. And I realized this is what it feels like to not be anxious in this moment. This mm. is what a peaceful drop-off feels like. And it's okay. So I had to, And I'm the kind of person who I like that whip, man. I like mm. to punish myself. <laughs> um, I like to feel... I'm the, you know, I fall very easily into the mommy martyr mindset. And so it was a very strange feeling that came over me that I was like, this feels almost wrong to not be anxious or to not be overwhelmed or to. So I'm embracing it for the moment. I know things come in seasons. Mm. I know there will be difficult days still. But I've had to remind myself that it's okay to have easy mornings mm. and for things to, and for life to be a pleasure. Mm. So that's nice. Take heart, mm. my friend. You mm. might feel like a robot. And I felt like a robot. It felt like that robotic period was never ending. And I'm embracing this. There's some respite. Nice, yeah, weightlessness for now and know that the tables will turn because that's life. Mm. But I'm riding the wave, man. You do that. Yeah. Listen, also, I know you're producing here, but I need you to give us the applause button, please. Uh -huh. Because. <laughs> Put down my whip. <laughs> I do not know how you did that. Um, I just, you're a together person, my friend. I would, f I think about it. Oftentimes during the week, I think how hard I have it. And then I think. Sam doesn't even have her husband with her currently and she's doing all of these things as well. And then my mind wanders off to single parents and people in less fortunate mm -hmm. positions. Then I feel like I just want to cry and fall in a ball. And I'm like, pick yourself up. You don't have it hard, honey. <laughs> Autobot, baby. Autobot. 
who uh, we do. We I think moms just and you don't want to exclude dads, parents. We we can't give up. The default mm. parent, especially, the default you parents just can't give up. But can I jump in? Sorry, something yeah. that keeps coming to mind. It's yeah. like, why do we always go to oh someone else has it worse? Oh someone else. like today I'm having a bad day. Mm. Full stop. That's Acknowledge <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah. What do you yeah. always say? You always bring up like. Oh, just because I, oh, it's like saying to someone who is terminally ill with cancer that, well, at least you have a roof over your head. That's great. It's not raining on my head. I'm still dying, though. So sweet yeah. for that little tidbit. Yeah, we, yeah it's, it's, not, it's actually unhelpful to always default to somebody else has it worse. It's it's not very helpful. So, okay, we, are, we, we do default to how bad we are. And what we do wrong and what shit people we are, Charlene. So considering how awful we are, the worst <laughs> the worst people alive, now is as good a time as any to move on over into our main discussion. Yes, so to fill you in, Claire, and for any of our listeners who just tuned in, this marks, this episode, marks the third episode in a three-part series on friendship. It's sponsored by Lego South Africa to observe the launch of their reimagined Lego Friends range. It's been an incredible few weeks as, as we've delved into the different facets of childhood friendship, um, including making friends at new schools, um, the importance of diversifying your friendship group, and dealing with bullies. Mm. That was me, team. Yes, I like yes. That. So this week, we'll be diving even deeper into what looks like a very simple topic, but is decidedly not. Please remember, what we say on this podcast can only be considered the gospel on planet Sam and Charlene, respectively. Our kids and husbands can be assholes and angels at the same time. And only we're allowed to say so. And lastly, by virtue of the fact that we are amazingly insightful and incredibly divine human beings, and a fucking delight, to be honest, we reserve the right to change our minds and all country so when we first launched on YouTube last year, we chatted about other people's kids and spoke a bit um, about how we'd like our kids to show up in the world, among lots of other stuff. We mentioned how difficult life becomes when your kids stop with a side-by-side play and start interacting and making friends. And, and suddenly are more influenced by what these kids say yeah. or do. or But so-and-so's parents do X, Y, yeah. and Z. And I'm waiting for, but so-and-so has a phone. Mm. And then I'm just like, how do you... Yeah, it's difficult. We, had a, we, we now have a dog, Claire. Charlie has a dog. Charlie had many animals on his farm. <laughs> Sam managed to... Um, and, uh, well, They're not farmers. Yes, she managed to like... Uh, what's the word? Deflect, deflect by saying, well, maybe Charlie's parents are farmers and that's why they have so many <laughs> I am, animals. I'm not a farmer. So, uh, yeah, I put off having a dog for quite a while and we've since acquired one. But it's, it's yeah... The, the, but there was a lot of peer pressure. What do you call peer pressure that comes from your kids? <laughs> no. <laughs> Tiny bullies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, in that episode, Other People's Kids, you said something really interesting about kindness. And I'd like to play that clip again for context here. Ah, Charlene's face singing. <laughs> I'm telling him at home, my boy, you choose what you like matters. As long as we're kind and we care for others and we don't we don't make other people feel 
sad or hurt or like they don't belong because of their choice of clothing or their hair color or we cannot judge people in that way i'm trying to teach my children to be open and understanding and caring and first and foremost be kind be kind no matter what how is kindness not being taught in other households that gets my back up <laughs> so largely this was out of context always count on me for the f-bombs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but good, because you were you were to loop everybody in. You were also talking about pe- people. I think there were kids that made fun of the way Josh was dressed or what he mm. chose to wear to a spring day. Yes, and kids are mean, man. Kids really can be mean, and so we were that that was that side of the discussion. It wasn't centralized on kindness, but it was about our kids' indiv- individuality, how they show up in the world, how other kids treat them how we want them to respond so we're going to like we're going to be latching onto that in this episode the our kids's response in terms of kindness um there there is a flip side to always teaching our kids kindness so the, i still stand by everything you said in that clip charlene yes um when taken out of context though we did have some commentary on social media about how um yes we should teach kindness but you you ch- also need to teach your children to stand up for themselves and they don't need to be a pushover and 100 percent agree mm. what the, that conversation didn't relate to that necessarily but there's a both is, and yeah yes exactly your kids can be kind and show up for themselves in the world. So in a very simplified context, how is, in your view, how is being kind um, as a default problematic? And how, yeah, how is it, why is it problematic? And, and yeah, well, let's, un- let's unpack that first and foremost. Um, I think for me, it always comes back to the same question that always comes into my mind. Like, how do we define kind? And then obviously you've got messages from different people. So a teacher's asking you to be kind and that might be different to your mom asking you to be kind. And that might be different to your friend thinking of you as kind. And I think as we go out into the world, I perceive somebody's actions as unkind. They don't perceive it as unkind. That's where I have the problem Mm. because I'm trying to be kind all the time, but is it kind or is it being a doormat? Is it, you know, I actually thought of this analogy on the way here. Like kind is getting out of the way of like the ambulance coming through. The, the, what I assumed kind was is like moving the other cars that aren't getting out of the way. I mean, that's a weird analogy, but it's that over and above that maybe I don't need to be doing. Yes, 100%. Mm. Because yeah. you don't need to be, you don't have to carry any guilt or responsibility for other people's actions all the time. That's not your duty as a person. You just, kindness starts here. Look after yourself and, well, look after your own actions and an intention behind your actions yeah. first yeah. i think that there that it leans into and i don't want to harp too much on this because we have a lot to unpack mm. but it does have bearing on expectations so if you overdo it um often you your expectations of other people are that they do it too that they that they need to show you kindness in the same way but they might not be in the same space Mm -hmm. you might be in a position or always be defaulting to giving yourself 20 percent and giving other person 80 percent and that's your 100 percent whereas they're like no i'm gonna give myself 80 percent and who are you to say that that's wrong 
right? Mm. And also then I feel like we're feeding into um, having to teach our children when they're older then you're finding a, how do we navigate boundaries? Because now all of a sudden you've never set boundaries for yourself your entire life mm-hmm. and you've always understood it to be kind. And I've, I have a very close family member who is deeply battling that at the moment and who is a, a very, she's coming to a season in her life where she's lived many years and this is like, she's, she's in therapy for it because she's just like, a, I don't understand how to be, and she's got she's got her faith, so she lives strongly mm. in her faith, mm. and her faith has always taught her that you have to be do unto others as you would want done unto you, and that might be true in a certain context, but you also don't want others to abuse you, mm. so you need to keep that in mind mm. and understand that boundaries are there mm. for a reason. And then boundaries start feeling mean. Yes, like, and they feel aggressive, but it's it, it's because of our perception or what we've been conditioned to believe. Mm, there is yeah. such a thing as self-respect and mm. valuing valuing yourself and yeah. your self-worth. Yeah. Being kind doesn't mean diminishing or 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 discounting your own self-worth. Mm. How many times has moms, has anybody in your life said to you, "Be kind to yourself"? And how many times do we actually listen? I came to hate that phrase. Yeah. Like, could people please stop saying that to me? Mm. Because my default is that whip mm. <laughs> to the point that when I start feeling that, that I'm not being punished and I start feeling like, okay, and with that weightless, that it, it doesn't feel right. And so that leans into very much, I feel, um, the good girl archetype. So I've titled this episode, Redefining the Good Girl. And I feel like we talk about the good girl, but it does apply to boys and girls. However... A lot of parenting is reparenting. Mm-hmm. We three moms sitting here, and so I'd like to talk. Let's let's unpack the good girl archetype, Claire. How mm. would you describe uh, this archetype, and why is it a problem? This is like a super simple way to say it. Me as a child, <laughs> like done. <laughs> I was like a yes girl. I was a. I was the one who carried the teacher's bag. I was the one who. I don't know. Even thinking back, I, I can get angry now when my daughter does kind things, which sounds ridiculous. But I'm like, you don't always have to. Do, yeah, such a trigger. Mm. And Just conscientious yeah. and always doing the right thing. And yeah, always do, like being kind to everyone. I'm nervous going out of for my, my son for yeah. that. That's my, yeah. that's my boy, Joshua. I feel so nervous for him because mm. he is all about doing things in the right, the right mm. way. I don't know how to, mm. how to unteach him that. I don't but know. I think also, uh, coming into that developmentally, there literally is a phase where children are in that right and wrong. Mm. So it's like, it's also normal. Mm. So we don't, uh, which I have to keep reminding myself, like this is a developmental phase where they start seeing that very clear divide That's between it. right and wrong yeah. which I think is also necessary mm. and then it will unpack as they develop mm. where, yeah. where nuance start to, starts to come in and I think mm. maybe as parents we need to be patient in that the same way we mm. discuss having the sex talk or talking mm. about religion mm. let's not leap into the death of Christ now <laughs> yes let's not like maybe <laughs> Past Sam. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, I've heard my fingers there as well. So. Let's not Same. jump straight into that. Let's yeah. let's answer just the questions, right? Mm. So maybe take the kids' lead. Um, I want to jump back in here. I first want to interrupt Ty. Can I please have my phone? 
Because there's something that I want to bring up, and it's on my phone. Sorry. I'll wait for you. So there's a Australian website called the School of Visibility. I didn't delve too much into it, but she in this on this website describes the good girl as an archetype that keeps a woman small in her place and it happens through stories stories that begin early as fairy tales helpless females waiting for a man to sweep them off their feet and carry them away to their dream life the little mermaid is coming out um soon very topical um because we you know we love that story so much but so problematic because she gives herself up for this guy who can't even recognize her properly guys (laughs) he doesn't recognize her in this (laughs) story and she grows legs gives up her fabulous tail and her voice (laughs) (laughs) and he's just like done (laughs) yeah but then wakes up one morning and it's like a slightly darker haired variation of her with her voice and he's just like oh that must be her that is not true love, friends. <laughs> no. Listen, I, my husband always tells me you are a feminist and I, I don't know if I believe myself to be one. But I just also want to be devil's advocate here because the idea, this concept that you're bringing up here, all of these things are factual. And if I look at it from a feminist point of view, I'm like, hell no. I don't want my daughter to buy into that shit. But... It's exhausting because it's like Santa Claus, people. Mm. I mean, there we can we can dissect so many. You're talking about fairy tales in particular. Yes, yeah. we yeah. can yeah. dissect so many like fallacies or, or, or fantasy type concepts and yeah. dissect it and be like, "This is so wrong. This is not woke. This is yeah. not forward thinking." And we stuff it up for this our is kids not as well. Pro- <laughs> this is not like progressive. Yeah. And yeah. then I'm like, "Are we just too much in our own heads?" Great. A lot be, of the time, yeah, I think yeah. we are. Be aware. Be aware. I'm not. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna not read my kid fairy oh, tales, yeah. you yeah. know. Um, but be be aware of it. And then when the kid starts asking those questions, like my daughter, I hear in her language sometimes, like, um, when I get married, or when I get, like Joshua said this morning, once you get married and have a baby, I have to constantly be like, just remember. You don't have to get married if you don't want to. And you don't need to be married to have a baby. It's a choice. You can choose what path your life follows. And my thinking there is not to get into sex education now, but my thinking there is that at a later point, we're going to have the conversation about consent and being responsible with your body and your sexuality. And so I want to plant that seed now that, the choices we make here today is what's going to impact on our future. And I don't want to fear monger. Mm. So I feel like there is room to just, okay, people, let's just calm down to a panic. Okay. <laughs> yes. There are these problems in these fairy tales. If we're aware of it, as we navigate these things, we can bring it up with our kids, but let's not destroy let's all watch, the fairy tales. Let's yeah. watch the, the little mermaid, but also Moana. Entangled. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And Encanto. Yeah. You know, let's it's diversity in, yeah. in our viewing as well. Okay. We really have digressed somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> but um so something came up for me um on Instagram the other day, which is why I had to quickly break and check out my phone here. It was so funny because I was like, Yeah, okay. 
Um, it was off of the Candidly's website, and it says, were you really a pleasure to have in class, or, or were you just the bossy oldest daughter with an undo- undiagnosed anxiety disorder? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Let that land you for got a moment. Just, you got me. Ooh. I feel seen. You Did me. you enter my head? Yes. <laughs> um, the term bossy is problematic, but we're going to leave that. Ooh. I have been perceived as the bossy oldest daughter, and yes, for the large, largest parts of my life, I had an undiagnosed anxiety disorder. Also, I was a pleasure to have in class. Yes, yes, and that's my son. That's <laughs> my son. He's bossy. He likes to have things go in a certain way. No, no, no. There's no structure to this game. I can't play this game. Everything, mm. and I fear for him because of anxiety. I know he's anxious. Mm. He's trying to do these things to just control everything, and it's impossible. Because we know now you can't control. And so, so you were saying that this was you as a kid. Yes. Like yeah. You were experiencing these things growing up. Yeah, so and, and this is my daughter, and I think this was my mom. And, you know, so my mom reinforced it because she's like, oh, she's a good kid. That's great. We're so lucky. And you, you don't have to worry about for it. That. Exactly. So, yeah. so. My siblings, not that they were necessarily naughty, but more problematic. I was the oldest daughter, middle child, and my parents never worried about me for a day. Other people's um, kids, so other parents would be like, is Sam going to be there? And if their kids said yes, then they could go because I was the good influence. Mm. I was good Sam. I was the designated driver and the responsible one. And I, so I think, Claire, like I resonate a lot with, mm. with you on that. And that was throughout my schooling to the point where you're in your mid-30s and you're just – my husband and I, and I both were like, yeah, we could have acted out a bit more. Could yeah. we not have been like a little bit more naughty? Yeah. Did we live? So, Charlene, were you – did you rebel or were you a good girl? It's <laughs> weird. I was like a gr- good mix of both because I'm very strong-willed. So if I felt like, on the one hand, my uni- my school uniform and my hair was always perfect. Like even my messy bun was perfectly curated <laughs> to have just the right <laughs> amount of strands out of place. And then in the way that I was, I was hell-bent and my, my friends would like smoke in their um, uniform. But when I smoked as a teenager, I smoked as a teenager, scallum, and then I, I, would, I would just, there's a right way and wrong way of doing it. So I'm going to smoke <laughs> as a teenager, but I'm not going to do it in my uniform. I'm not going to do it where it can reflect negatively on anyone else who's not choosing to do this wrong thing. So if I choose the wrong thing, I must make sure that it only impacts me because it's my choice and my body because I'm so pro-choice. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> because it's it's actually, it's a little bit kooky if I have to. I've never said it out loud, but now that I'm, I'm vocalizing it, I realize how bizarre it was. And I, re- I realized as an adult after high school when we would end up at like um, uh what's the word like jaws the socials with with as young adults and boys especially from high school saw me and i would like swear or i'd use profanities Mm. or their jaw would drop and they'd be like what happened to you since high school yeah and i was like (laughs) i was always in here i just contained it because I believed that there was a right time and a place. And so I'm an adult now and I can now choose 
how I act in this scenario because yeah. I don't have to be respectful or mindful of which adult company I'm sharing, which uniform I'm wearing. Or I, I don't talk like this when I'm at my office job because there's a s certain decorum, you know. It's weird because in some senses I rebelled yeah. and in others I still kept to the structure. So it was like calculated rebellion almost, <laughs> if I can put it that way. It's weird. But I also feel as you're speaking, it's reminding me of this thing. I was thinking of it also on the way. I thought of so much on the way. Yeah. <laughs> Long really drive. Well. But I just thought, like, what is me? I think that's where it comes back to. Like, what yeah. is me and what is what I'm supposed to, to be? To be, yes. And as you said that, I was like, what was you? Like, yes. I do love swearing. I swear all the time but even yeah just now I said stuff <laughs> because <laughs> like, we're yeah who's yeah. gonna hear it what mm. are they gonna think obviously like, yes and yeah. also I mean if this was your your own podcast you would be more comfortable with yeah. being you but now you're a guest so you have to yeah. consider those things what <laughs> is the decorum 100 yeah. yeah. and then you have which which is almost un unacceptable in society but you have people kind of rebelling and going totally against it how many women do you know that say and i actually don't like it hate it when people because i feel like it's a bit of it's a bit of fal falseness and i am putting a bit of judgment on it. I was it. just going to say. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm like no, 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 I am putting a bit of false uh, uh, judgment, judgment on here, but I fear that it's uh, that it's false when when women go, well, I'm a bitch. Just deal with it. Mm. How many women do you know that are like that, that come across very strong mm. and very opinionated and will tell you exactly what they think, um, but in, in a way that comes across as unkind, that I'm just like... Yeah, I you can hold yourself in, and that is a judgment that I'm placing. But I wonder if it that comes because there's a right and a wrong way. There's the good girl archetype, and they're going fuck this. This is not the me. pendulum effect, yeah. and I'm it is the like, pendulum effect. Mm, yeah. Yes, and we touched on that actually in our last discussion uh, as well, where I, I I was crying and I was saying I'm not only a bitch, but and I admit there in that discussion that. I it's a it's a defense mechanism like I, I default to bitchiness sometimes to kind of I'm going to protect myself before you come at me. So there's always a reason for those types of things as well. And the other thing, it's rather than turning the other cheek and being being the kind person is the one thing I wanted to mention. And the other thing that you can also maybe weigh in on, um, Claire, is when we touched, when we spoke about cyberbullying in the previous episode, um, our guest mentioned that with one of her uh, patients, it came up in discussion that amongst the teens there was a, a like a group, a digital like either on WhatsApp or social media group going where they were naming and shaming the girls who were perceived to be sexually or promiscuous and who was sleeping around a lot. And so that was so aggravating to me. Well, to they, titled it whores. they titled it they who are the whores. They titled it. And there's a list of the whores in the friendship circle in their school. And it just it infuriates me for very many reasons. One one of them be it being bullying and, and ostracizing and marginalizing and all of those horrible things. But why? Why are we why are we putting this label on young girls? I, I understand that a lot of responsibility comes with um being sexually active and that if we can educate our youth on these things, and this is a whole separate podcast on its own, um, if we can educate our youth, then maybe we as parents don't have to have this concept in our households where we're teaching our girls or our boys for that matter that choosing 
multiple sexual partners in your lifetime is classifies you as this horrible negative thing. It's just it's not what is this wholesome thought that we're trying to to foster and and why can't it just be a spectrum of things? And that's that good girl again. That, yes. And I feel like it, it is it's it's maybe religion educators, parenting, but I mean, I grew up hearing that and believing that. You have one sexual partner, you choose them and they will be perfect and this and this, and then you grow up and you look back and think, whew, coming, <laughs> that was a lot. Coming back to the fairy lot. tales. It's, it's, also, yeah. it's also a lot of pressure to be so putting much. on that potential partner. Yeah, definitely. And then also, yeah. what, a, what a, like a, a rip the carpet out from under you moment when you have your first love as a young teenager and he decides, I'm out, I'm going to go look for a, another mm. girl because that's how I feel now. And you're like, what's wrong with me? Ooh. Why didn't mm. he want me? Ooh. We had this perfect love. He was and the he one. Was my, he I was thought he was the one. The one, yeah. Yeah. you know. Mm. And then if you thought he was the one and you decided to give him your special flower outside of wedlock, <laughs> and then off he goes with your special flower, and you're like, I'm a dirty, filthy skunk. You know? oh, yeah. <laughs> and somehow, and I mean, we can wax, you know, we can carry on and on yeah. and on about how genderized this is and how the pressure, I think the writing is on the wall about how, why girls are more pressured into being the good girl. Even though it does apply to, bo- apply to boys, we see it with our boys. Um, Elijah and uh, and that that also like if we're going to look at hierarchy in terms of um, birth order, I would think that our oldest boys have a um, they they feel the onus is on them to be responsible mm. and they both born in January they the oldest in the Elijah takes it very seriously that he's the oldest in mm. his class mm. and he's a um, an example for the other kids and age has become such a big thing Thing for for them um so i mean we could genderize it or we could talk about birth order but rather let's look at parenting in general and raising kids who don't fall into the trap of this archetype right so what does this look like because we do face difficulty in the world if we start raising girls especially but if we start raising boys and girls um who aren't a pleasure to teach mm, mm. in the classroom. You know, so Elijah's teacher, we had a p- parent-teacher meeting the other day, and she said to me, oh, Elijah, I said, wasn't Elijah sitting here in the class? And she's like, I had to move him because he and so-and-so were talking too much. And I was like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Color outside the, the lines. I think, yeah, Claire, so you, happy. <laughs> in one of our discussions, it was either on our previous podcast or in our six-week um uh, the course that I did with you, you mentioned to your daughter, you you referenced something. Your daughter was doing something one day, and she was either acting out or she wasn't acting out. And I think you said, um, "But how how about we just do it differently? How about we we just go with it and be like kind of step outside the norm." You know, and you, you, you almost, I think you said you felt like, yes, yes. <laughs> you have I, those moments. I have many moments I like that. I love how you're not yeah. like being agreeable here right now. But it comes with this discomfort of like, mm. please just do what you're told as well. Because this is so hard. Like, that's what I get. It's like, wow, you said no to the teacher. Yay. Mm. That, that kind of backfires <laughs> when it's flung my way. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So yes, what are we what are we doing, guys? Because we we don't want to 
you know, crash their spirit. <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? I have no idea. <laughs> and, and, and we're done. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. <laughs> I mean, it's... Are we are we sitting in the discomfort of raising kids who aren't a pleasure? Who, when we get their reports back, their report has got quote unquote issues, and we need to have the presence of mind to be like, is it an issue? Yeah, is this enough of an issue to say that I'm raising a degenerate? Yeah, <laughs> are they coloring outside of the lines? Are they unhappy? Because we know from all of our discussions that kids who really act out, kids who um, bully or are aggressive or are really insubordinate as in like you know doing badly at school and just you know are struggling, unhappy yes. are, are struggling mm. kids who are who are not behaving appropriately and, and that's also a problematic yeah. term but you know kids who are really um, being destructive in their behavior, I suppose, are unhappy. And that is something that as parents we need to sit up and pay attention to. And obviously we do need them not to necessarily to excel, but to pass so that they can get to the next grade, so that eventually they cannot be in school anymore. Actually because actually schooling need- <laughs> is a thing. It's <laughs> yeah. still for the foreseeable future is going to be part of life. <laughs> they, they need to be functioning members of society, right? So that is the goal. That is what we're aiming for. Get Get you out of school um, but also, so there's like, we're constantly in this like balance or, and it's constantly shifting. And I think that's where we sit as parents. Do What do you think, Claire? Do we just sit in that discomfort all the time? I have such a good story here. Yeah. So when you said like, you know, I, I even I can see the writing. Claire is a pleasure to teach. Claire is a pleasure to teach. Gold star. Claire is a pleasure to teach. <laughs> Yay. And what I want my daughter to be like, Grace is herself. Boom. And the mm-hmm. other, I always said, I hope my daughter can go to a school where she can be who she is at home, at school, for some of the time, at least. Maybe not all of the time, I get mm. that. The other day, as I'm leaving, her teacher goes, Grace, thanks for showing me the worm. I'm like, what's the worm? She literally, at school, laid down on the floor and did this, like, in front of her teacher. Like, <laughs> I did nothing in front of my teacher. And I was like... That's super cool. And like, she's like quirky and weird. And she says, I'm weird, mom. And I was never like that. Oh and to gosh, me, if I she can be that, that, yeah. I love that. Just be you. Like, just be you. Just be you. Mm. I, want, I want teachers to want to know her, not to go, oh, you're in the box that I created. Expectations, mm. tick them. Great. No, you were just you today. And you had a meltdown. Mm. And you didn't want to do that. Mm. And Let you did want to do that. flag and fly, guys. Mm. We all have it in us. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I'd flown it a little bit mm. more. Our school mm. used, uh, well, our school, my son's school, when we started there, uh, used this analogy, which I'm sure you guys have come across, but I, it just resonated with me about popcorn being in the same pot, all the kernels in mm. the same pot, in the same heat, and they're all just popping at different intervals. Eventually, you have a big, beautiful bowl of delicious popcorn, but those kernels will pop when they're ready at mm. their own time. And so I that that made me feel, okay, because I know there's he has to sit at a desk and he has to do his homework and he has to conform. Mm. However, I like that there is, they're cognizant of the differences within that space. And so that made me feel some comfort. When we had our first parent-teachers meeting, um, the teacher said, oh, he's just an absolute star he's been so wonderful to teach and i was like 
school. <laughs> and, and like I'm sure the teacher thinks that or feels that that's a great thing to say to the parent. And in her defense, she was he really is a pleasure to teach. He's a great kid. Which is also great. Like they were yes. like, don't be a pleasure to yes, teach. Like, <laughs> just go and be a little asshole. Like, you know? But I feel like if it was Jesse, it's weird because of my younger one, I'd constantly be like, can't you just please, please, can you just do what we're asking you to do? Mm-hmm. Whereas with him, I'm like, please, can you just like step outside the box a little? It's weird because I'm constantly conflicted. But I did say to the parent with him, I'm worried about that. So thank you. And he was in the meeting. She brought him into the oh, meeting. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. Okay. Progressive. So I found that <laughs> to be interesting as well because she invited him in and he, he just sat there and I was like, oh, my this is the first time this is happening to me. I'm going to now talk about him in front of him. And he gets embarrassed easily. Mm. And so I, I was just frank with her. I said, well, thank you for saying that. I'm grateful. But I worry about him. He puts a lot of pressure on himself. So if you could help us mm. with allowing him to explore, not always conforming a little bit, that would be helpful. And how did she hear that? Yeah. Mm. How did she respond? No, she was, she was, well, she said, well, thank you for telling because I'm only just getting to know him and I can see he's very conscientious. So thank you for bringing that to my attention because um, I think she also said, don't underestimate him because he's very vocal. And if he, if he's not prepared to go along with something, he verbalizes that. And that was like within the first three weeks of school. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Nice. So I want to, we spoke about bullying. In our last episode with educational psychologist Naledi Mokwena. Um, and I want to lean into that a little bit in terms of being kind. Mm. Because my, and you, we mentioned this in our, in our pre-discussion. I'd, and he didn't do it intentionally. But my dad, when someone, even as an adult, when someone in the workplace is a dick to me. My dad always tells me, Sam, you know what? Be the least. Pick up the phone and apologize. And I'll be like, that is ridiculous because I've got nothing to apologize for. And he also tells my brother on the flip side of the coin. So here we're leaning into the gender stuff. So I just want to put that on the table and not really unpack it just for people to be aware. Disclaimer. (laughs) Disclaimer. He tells my brother, be the bigger man. And with the same advice, uh, be the bigger man. Pick up the phone and apologize. Mm. You know, and to, to Sam, he says, be the least. Pick up the phone and apologize. Um, so th- there's this default of be the bigger person or be, or be the, the least better or person, be the better person, person and apologize and, and there's a, a turn the other cheek mentality. And that I think is cloaked in this always be kind, always be the gentle, nice person who, who is regulated and, and the other person is a dickhead and <laughs> you just take it, you know? Um, but we don't want to. We've. It's think, I think it's very clear we don't want our kids to be that that way. So, as conscious parents and women who are also very aware of the good girl trope, how do we respond? So and so was unkind to me at school, and go because mm. <laughs> I don't know. There's actually something that I wanted to bring in, but I, that leads into what you said. And I, I feel like it's something that is so part of parenting. Say sorry. 
Go give mm. it back. Play with him. He's I was sad. just going to say. And it's that mm. me- mentality of there's no choice on the child. We to me, it's choice. We teach that to them. And I yeah. make that mistake all the time. Okay, I'm interrupting you again. No, no, but I fine. always like, just be kind. Just give yeah. her the toy. Yeah. Or she's younger. Th- or she's little. Mm. She doesn't understand. You see that person's being left out. Go and Go make play. friends with it's that your person. Responsibility. And I was that kid. Guilt. Gu- I don't actually want to play. But I'll spend the whole day feeling guilty because I didn't. Yeah. But I don't really want to talk to them because we don't gel. So I want to sit with them the whole break and not gel with them that's fun <laughs> and we make we make you know? a mistake as a family Rhett and I are hell bent on Armstrong's are kind caring people mm-hmm. and we support the underdog and mm-hmm. so if there's someone that everyone else dislikes or doesn't want to hang around we will hang out with them we will find out what's their story we what do it makes as adults. them tick. we and do it now as adults yes right? like what, come sit at our table and maybe yeah. the person is really just an asshole. Yeah. Or maybe they kind of want to be on their own. Maybe, maybe they're Some just people yeah. love being on their own. Maybe they're I've just taught cool kids in their space. I've taught kids who all the teachers are worried. And I would go to these kids and, when I was teaching and I'm like, you know, do you want to play with someone? You're, they're like, no, no, I'm kind of reading my book. Can you <laughs> like, back off? Yes. And I had to like retrain myself. Yeah. Being alone is not a bad so thing. That's, that's cool. That's and I forgot to mention that that Claire was a you were a teacher. Mm, yes. And so that Among your all these things. your perspective <laughs> is so nice because mm. you coming from a parenting perspective but also from a teacher perspective. Yeah. So um what was the question? I went oh, off. So Sorry. I mean we're we're <laughs> big into like be the kind person. Mm. Always be the kind person. So how do we teach kindness? How do we redefine kindness yeah. for our children yeah. without for giving them Such the guilt of needing to be like a pushover mm. or carry the guilt of always needing to, to deny, be the better person. Or to deny theirself. Yeah. I don't really gel with this. It's yeah. not that I, it's not that I think they're a dickhead or it's not that I don't like them necessarily, but some people just don't gel with other people. You yeah. make friends for a reason. My right? daughter doesn't make friends easily. She does not. She just and she is to the point where she's quite standoffish and rude. And I can't. Rude. She's I can't. a vibe. She's <laughs> a vibe. No, but she's she will not shy away from like calling it just as it is, and at literally at face value. And I will be so uncomfortable oftentimes with that. And I'll just be. And she'll often. I've I've realized I made the mistake because I'll say to her when we're in the car alone or whatever. I'm like, That's rude, my girly. <laughs> Let's not be rude, you know. Let's just try. I understand. No, 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 no. But maybe I'm giving her the wrong tools here. Maybe <laughs> I, I have no idea what tools to use to kind of redefine rudeness or kindness mm-hmm. for her. Yeah. And I don't want to force her to do things that she is clearly uncomfortable with mm-hmm. doing. And I think that's why it's so difficult because, again, like I said earlier, to me, it's the perception of every single person. Like some people perceive it as rude. My brother is that type. If he's watching, hi. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's like, he's the middle child. He did what he wanted. He said what he wanted. He played with who he wanted. And everyone went, I wish I could be more like Sean. He's so amazing. And I'm sitting there going, what? I'm trying so hard. I'm so I hard. do that. Yeah. But at the same time, now I look at it and I realize he had his own stuff, you know, that he probably looked at me and thought, I wish I could. Well, maybe yeah. he didn't. I wish I could be more likely. I don't know. But yeah, like there's that thing of perception. Mm. <clears throat> Sorry. Like what is kind? What is rude? I Because I, even when you said she's being rude, I thought, I wonder if she is. Maybe she doesn't feel that way. Mm. And to me, all of it comes down, all of it. <laughs> to what do we model to our kids? Uh, okay. Because to me, parenting is quite rude sometimes. I'm flipping rude to my kids sometimes. Even this, hello, 
Can you see I'm getting dressed? And then when I they do it to their siblings, and you're like, oh, why? No, and they're literally saying what comes Same out thing. of your or mouth. Or to me, Joshua clapped me with one Ooh. yesterday. You know, you're very great at carrying this when you have time. <laughs> but when I ask you, I'm like, words. And, it, and you can yeah. hear yourself exactly. through their words, and you want to be like, go to your room. Yeah. Wow. Go, just go to your room, yeah. but you know you can't. Because they literally, you, it's what you model. Mm. So maybe the answer here is in reparenting and retraining. What yeah. is rude, Charlene? Yeah. Do you really believe it's rude? <laughs> you know, if you, were, if you were to place yourself in, I mean, I don't know. There's lots of, there's lots of scenarios where Jess would be perceived as rude. Um, where you would perceive her as rude. But put yourself in that position in an adult situation. Is it rude? Or are you just being you? No, I think mm. I still do things as an adult just because of that that um, underlying thing that we were taught growing up. I still, to this day, will do things for the sake of this is the done thing. It's not mm. the what I want to do thing, mm. but it is the done thing for fear. Not, not that I live in fear, but you're so programmed to to do it. Like we were at a cricket thing on the weekend and one of the friend's parents were there whom I have, hadn't met, but I know the kid. I've only met the mother, not the father. So let me not be rude. Let me go and introduce myself. Hi, I'm so-and-so. Um, I've met your wife, but why? Mm. I need to go and talk to some. And then I stood there. He said, hi, I'm so-and-so. Uh, and I have such a good story. That was the end of that conversation. <laughs> yeah. And I carried on living my life, but we do do yeah. these things. Out of obligation because we don't want to be perceived as rude. Yeah. But have you guys heard of the whole body or full body yes? Mm-mm. So asking yourself, is it a yes? Oh, no. Okay, no. Yes. Un- unpack this so, for yes, us. Yes, yeah. There's different ways to do it. It's like before you make a decision, like someone asks you to a party or you see that person and you think, should I go say hello? You ask, is it a full body? Yes. And I, there's rules to it. I don't follow the rules. <laughs> ask your head, Claire, ask your heart, the ask your body. Like head, is it is it a full body? Yes. Yes or no. And the, the sentence goes, if it's not a full body, yes, it's a no. It's a no. Okay. And I actually saw a Bluey episode. Bluey. Yeah. Oh, yes. The we other love day. Bluey. We love And Bluey. it was um, Bingo, the little one, had, she'd been saying yes the whole day. And then she bought a yes, no button. So it said yes and no. <laughs> Have you seen that one? No. And then the mom said she was sitting there all sad because everyone had been like saying yes for her or she'd been saying yes and didn't want to. And she said, Bluey. No, I'm not going to do an Australian accent. <laughs> Bluey. Sometimes does your inside voice say no, but your outside voice says yes. And then she pressed yes. <laughs> and I was like, I got goosebumps. I was like, this is teaching my kids stuff that I want them to know and I, I don't it. even have to do it. Carry on mm. watching Bluey. Yes. Because it's like them. I've told my girls, like, you're not always going to want to say yes. You have to listen to that inside part voice. of your body that's saying yeah. yes or no. I yeah. love that. The full body... Yes. Yeah. Mm. Ah, that is so good. Okay. Uh, in terms of how my kids, um, well, Elijah specifically, in making new friends, because he too is slow to warm up. Um, I keep saying that. And he's come across kids that have hurt his feelings. And frankly, and I've said this on the record before, sometimes I tell him, the next time that person does that, to you deck him with everything behind and and he's like but mom i'll get into trouble i'll be like i will personally sit in and talk with your teacher and your principal punch this kid as hard as you can and my kid i know i won't say that to my second child 
um, he's different. <laughs> I will say it to Elijah because I know he treats the person differently with the confidence that I've backed him and that I support him. So he goes into he that situation. He won't the child. He won't actually. He will know my mom will have my back and I am allowed mm. to stand up for myself here. Yeah. I am actually allowed to take my fist and punch this mm. person square in the face because my mom has told me as much. Um, and I know he won't. Um, and maybe one day if he does, I'll stop saying that. <laughs> but what's been very useful for me is this reel that I found on Instagram um, called, well, I, we call it the candle blower outers. So every day, if I see that he's a little bit sad or a bit off, I go, my love, did someone blow your candle out? So I'd like to share this reel with you guys. Thank you, time. So if you can just give us sound at the bottom end. When friendship stuff starts getting dicey is candle blower outers. And this is a big lesson that we teach our kids. We always say, you know, you've got this flame and this is your spirit and this is your soul and this is your light. And sometimes it'll shine really, really bright. And you want to surround yourself with people who when it's shining bright, think, wow, what a beautiful light. And you want to be the type of friend that when people's lights, you know, when your friend's light is shining, you say, man, that's a great light. And you want friends who protect your light. We don't want to surround ourselves with candle blower outers. How many of you have had that experience? Yeah. We want someone who has room in their life for our light because our light comes with us. Mm. So I... This resonated with me because I took on this stance in parenting. And when in speaking with Elijah's teachers at his former school, um, who are wonderful, and um, so that's not to naysay anything that they did, but um, we were dealing with, I don't want to call it a bully situation, but we were dealing with power dynamics in the classroom. And I was like, my kid's four, how do I deal with this? And they took on the, be friends, everybody's friends with everybody mentality. And when I came to them with, I've told Elijah, how I've dealt with it at home is I've told Elijah he does not need to spend time with that person. And then I found this real. And now my, my communication to him is you don't have to spend time with people who blow out your candle because that's a lesson that I had to learn so late in my life as recently as like a year or two ago and keep having to remind myself. I don't need to spend time with people who like piss on my battery, man. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Why do yeah. we do it? And we force ourselves. To we do force it. ourselves. I've got to be around this person. No, and no, you <laughs> no. don't. Yeah. And yeah. so my kid is now six, and I found that. So now I'm just like, I I don't know how you guys feel, because just because it was on Instagram doesn't mean that they're right. But it resonated with me. I'm mm. just like, that doesn't mean we if they blow your candle out that you can be a dick to them. And that doesn't mean that you can call them a candle blower outer. You don't want your kid on the on the sports field now going, yeah. you blew my candle out. You're a candle blower outer. No. So that's kind of blowing that kid's candle yes. out, even if they didn't have one exactly. to begin with. Exactly. But I think that's the thing. Recognize the kid who blows out the candle doesn't, doesn't have, have a candle. Like, yeah. But then I can't, I do that with my daughter. Like, why do you think they're being mean? Do you think maybe they're feeling sad? And then I'm like, but I don't want you to feel too sorry for them. You're like, don't feel responsible for their emotions. Yeah. But you have yeah. no obligation there. Exactly. But also teach empathy. Just yeah. recognize that. You know, Just because we've recognized it doesn't mean you have to spend time with someone who keeps 
blowing your candle out. And there may come a point where in a year or two, you connect with that person again and they don't blow your candle out. Mm. Or you've given them a bit of your flame or they have a flame to give to you. But just in in recognizing that and I think fostering that self-awareness with my child. So I go back to the, the candle blowing out and I keep every day as we kind of navigate school friendships, um, I keep going back to that. Did, my love, do you think he blew out your candle? Did you blow out his? And, and then Elijah will also come and do that to Noah, my youngest. And I'll be like, uh-uh, are you blowing out his candle? Mm. Watch yourself, you know? Mm. Be, and not go to your, your room, you're bullying your brother. It's given me the, the vocabulary mm. to be like, watch what you're doing. Because you don't like it when people treat you like that. And I I think that's how I'm handling it. It was a very useful tool for me. Mm. I don't know. And it brings about conversation. Because then, like, mm. how can you keep your candle lit? Or if someone blows it out, what can you do? Or mm. I think that's awesome. And just because mm. one time they blew out your candle, don't label them as this horrible person. Mm. They they might have been having a bad day. So, okay, cool. They blew out your candle. So for that moment, don't let them steal your joy. Go find your joy elsewhere and try not to be like, I'm never going to be your friend. I'm never going to talk to you again, you know. Mm -hmm. If it continuously happens, then just kind of you're not each other's people. Yeah. Last week, Naledi, last week, in our last episode, um, our guest Naledi said something about bullying, that we're very quick to label a bully. Mm -hmm. But bullying truly really only happens if it's like a persistent thing that, that comes. If someone's uh, an asshole to you once on the sports field, doesn't necessarily mean he's he or she is a bully, right? Um, so that that kind of makes me think of that. Someone blows out your candle one time doesn't mean that 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 defines your relationship forever. It's or tricky. Or that person. Yeah. 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 And so hard. There's a there's a lot going on. I think this is I don't know if this is as difficult or complicated for us just because as parents we're exposed to so much more. And for the most part, I don't think our parents had this much to think about. They probably did have as much to think about. But the software has significantly been it has evolved. Okay. Yeah. And so we're no longer running MS DOS. We're now on a And we keep <laughs> having to update. Like, oh my God. They're like Daily, are you connected to Wi-Fi because there's a software update yeah. that needs yeah. to happen here. Yeah. And it's like it's making my head spin and yeah. I get very overwhelmed by it. But I think for the most part, there's just something to be said for taking every day and every instance on a case-by-case -case basis. Having being cognizant of all of these factors, the the fairy tales that could be problematic, the the labeling, the bullying, the this, the that. But for the most part, understanding that there are a lot of people, children that you will encounter in this world whose home environment does not necessarily set them up the way we're looking to set up our children. And not all parents are, are, are aware of these things or even care to be teaching in the same way um, the way that we are teaching at home and so I find that quite intimidating because I try and constantly remind my children that I understand that that is maybe how they do things or how they view things we do not view them that way and these are the reasons why 
I find that particularly challenging because mm. what, a, like again, other people's kids, what a kid's being told at home is kind or rude or like just yesterday, my daughter had those little stick on tattoos that we put on her on the weekend. And she says, mom, all of my friends were commenting about my tattoos. I was like, oh, did they like them? No, they were horrified. They were like, why do you have that? Why do you have tattoos? And I realized that th it's context. Mm. In our household, tattoos are uh, it's a fun and yeah. cool. Yeah. It's a perfectly fine it's thing, what, you know. And what's so the problem? to her, it was foreign that anybody would react so strongly to something that seems very ordinary mm -hmm. to her. And yeah. so I had to highlight that to her, that everyone is different and everybody mm. views views things differently. Yeah. We don't treat them differently because they do. But by the same mm. token, if it makes you happy, you don't sacrifice your belief system because someone else's belief system is different. Mm. How do you manage that in your household, Claire? Being different. Sure. <laughs> yeah, because let's it's just, we're going to label you over yeah. here. You're, you're Hashtag different. different. <laughs> yeah, we... We have, a, we have a lot of discussions. Like, I talk to my kids a lot, and my kids will say, ah, it's even my four-year-old, because everybody can choose different things. Mom, she even tells my, my mom, her gran, and she'll say things like, you don't have to wear it that way, Goonie, they call her Goonie, yes. because everyone can have different decisions. And a lot of it sounds very parroty because she, she hears me say it and she says it, but I'm hoping it, it is planting that sort mm -hmm. of seed of, like, just – that we are different and other people are different and that's okay. Um, mm. And part of the discussion is like, you've got to do this at school. If I was running your school, maybe I would run it differently. I'm not going to run a school. Mm. <laughs> My mm. school might be terrible. Mm. Like, so your teachers and your principals and everything are doing an absolutely amazing job of running a school in a system that they have to stick to. Mm. They might even make different mm. decisions if they didn't have departments and whatever's that they have on them. So yeah. That's like going off course, but yeah, but it's hard. It, it really <laughs> hard. takes all kinds to make a world in that sense because yeah. there's the same way I try and explain to my kids that maybe they were having a bad day. Sometimes things are a certain way because they've been done like that for many years. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it wrong. It's, it's important that we ask the questions first mm. and foremost, and then I love this full body yes thing because I'm mm. going to – because sometimes something can be a full body it can be a no if Ooh. it's not a full body yes. Ooh. We're still going to have to do them. Sometimes. That's also true. That, that's Shit. where the challenge. Uh -huh. <laughs> that's true. The, practically, if you think about yeah. it, practically, I love that concept. Mm. But within, within reason, because, okay, let's be honest. Our kids probably are not going to be of the generation who takes a corporate job. Or maybe mm. they will. But yeah. even the way the corporate job environment looks nowadays mm. people are stepping outside of the traditional like 8 to 4.30 job where mm. you, some companies are still very strict who like yeah. things done in a certain time um, in a certain way like traditional corporate but corporate is also evolving and I mean yeah. you're, you're looking at people whose jobs now is like being full time gamers and like Joshua tells me that oh, I forget the guy's name but he says to me I said to him is that all he does he just like does these like challenges on YouTube all the time is that just his, his job he's like no mom he's like a gamer also I was like well, well excuse, you excuse me <laughs> I there's something that I learned that made me realize that you're not always going to feel comfortable. That discomfort is normal. 
not the heavy-weighted whipping boy discomfort that I spoke about in the beginning of the episode, but this I kind of want to round it out with, yeah, um, when we talk about kindness and you, you can be kind and a decent person and empathetic, you don't have to be friends with everyone by the same token, and this is what's hard. Not everybody has to like you. Mm. Yeah, and that's hard <laughs> even to hear. That's uh, I grew up thinking everybody not? liked me. I'm a delightful person, yeah. and I keep yeah. I always say that. I'm just like, why wouldn't you like me? Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> I do my best to be nice all yeah. the time. Yeah, I yeah. like it's it's a I I gold medaled in the sport of being nice. Why wouldn't you like me? It's hard to hear, but I need to teach my kids that now. Mm. I think Ugh. I learned that the hard way as well. Like you can. Just think about it logically. My husband and I often talk about it. That people can say a million nice things about you. Um, but the one person who has a negative opinion of you, that will bother mm. you. It happens to us on this mm. podcast from time to time. Like we get an influx of, of engagement and commentary. and Kind words. Yeah. Kind words. And people say like, thanks for being so real. And I feel, I feel great that you use the F word because I don't feel like such a shit parent. <laughs> and, you know, it's, they feel it to be real. Then the one person who might once in a while comment and be like, mm, I kind of, I'm not about that vibe. Sam often has to remind me that you cannot change who you are because there is a, a group of people or an individual who does not agree with it or share the same viewpoint. And so I had to learn the hard way that not everyone's always going to like you. And that's not because there's something wrong with you. You know, and being kind isn't the key to likability because sometimes you can tick all the right boxes and you can do all the right things. Someone will dislike you if they really are intent on disliking you. Mm. It's not about likability. Mm. It's about living your truest self in this world and making just going to bed at night with the contentment that I am good with who I am in this mm. world. Mm. I like the stamp I'm putting down here. I'm okay with that. You've lived this, Claire. Yeah, yeah. And uh, while you were speaking, I'm, I'm studying a course now. It's a more spiritual sort of course. And one of the things we looked at is like, we spoke triggers. Triggers come up all the time now. It's normal talk kind of. But mm. why do we not like people? Like, what is it that makes it, like, what, what is it that makes me look at someone and go, not consciously mm. oh I don't like that person mm. so one of the theories or one of the things we look at is like everything outside of you is like a reflection of what's happening within so when let's say for instance I can't stand up for myself I see someone stand up for themselves I immediately go it's my outside world I don't like that person mm. they're rude or whatever mm -hmm. but if I take a minute to say what does this mean for me like, forget that person. It means I wish I could stand up for myself a little more. Mm. It doesn't mean I have to now like that person or change how I treat them or whatever. But it, it's giving myself that time to say, why is this triggering me? What does it mean for me? Mm. Like Sometimes just being introspective about these things is is so eye-opening. I've, I've learned a lot in the last just like two years about myself as a person why certain things make me uncomfortable or why certain things um, d don't sit well with me. And it's it's not always a pleasant learning curve because mm -hmm. you have to really hold that mirror quite close and be like, okay, 
this this is the truth. Mm-hmm. This is what I have to come to terms with. Yeah. And it's not always easy, but it's very exhilarating and freeing once you can come to terms with those things. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because we're teaching little people and I can see it in the road ahead. I can see, oh, I recognize it in myself. I see little Charlene, you know, and I, I see it happening for Joshua. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be tough for you. <laughs> And the worst part is you can't shield them from it. And you have to explain and teach them big world concepts, big emotional concepts to very small people with a very small frame of reference is what makes it tricky. But I think the redefining of kindness, the redefining Mm -hmm. of the subtext or of our language or of our script is not it's not a one tool thing. It's not a this Mm -hmm. is how you do it. It's not a cookie cutter. And it looks looks different from day to day, from scenario to scenario. It's an ongoing conversation. Mm, I think that's why it's so hard. <laughs> I wish there was just a manual, like, like this happens, do that. This yes. happens, do that. Mm. Oh. Well, Claire, I want to thank you for joining mm. us. Thank you, you. You really are a great example of someone who marches to the beat of her own drum, oh, thank which you. is why you, you're sitting here. I love the discussions that you have around your parenting. Yes, you don't reveal too much about your your girl's personal journeys but I applaud you I mm. applaud any girl mom mm-hmm. guys because girls have it difficult I I love my boys but I I can see the difficulty in parenting girls in the current environment but also the challenge mm. in in raising boys and in reparenting ourselves and reparenting is a term that you introduced me to so mm-hmm. I want to thank you for that mm-hmm. I want to thank you for joining us again on The Great Equalizer and yeah let's Let's keep this discussion going. Mm, thank yes. you very much. Like I said, <laughs> how about we keep talking? Yeah, this we always say this every episode. Guys, you know this. If you want to chat to us or weigh in on anything that we said or you want to just swear with me <laughs> <laughs> or rant or cry or laugh, please hit us up over email, info at thegreatequalizer at gmail.com. Or DM us a voice note on your choice of platform. Um, Instagram, we're on a lot. Uh, or rec- yeah, ho- record on, on your phone and... Yeah, also send us an email. We're we're available. We're here. We're here to listen. Yes, we love to hear from you. Feel free to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're now on YouTube. Um, we've been there for a while. So if you haven't caught us there yet, please go check it out. Your support, guys, is super important to us. Um, like we say, people have no idea how much every good comment, uh, every like, love... And share means to us. It really does. And the, the shit comments, like, you keep the them coming. I was just keep them coming. It's okay. We'll take that on. But we're also going to just try and march to the beat of our own drums. Exactly. I'm it, Like Sam calls them shit comments. But you know what? <laughs> Let's call them food for thought comments. Uh-huh. Because um, whatever we're challenged to think about gives us a new way of opening up our minds and just doing better on this podcast because we don't have all the right answers. So we love Every interaction we have with absolutely every single follower, listener, and viewer, please don't forget to review us on Apple Podcasts, even if it is a shitty review. But preferably, <laughs> we would most five welcome. stars, y'all. Yeah. Because <laughs> five stars for effort. 
Yes, because we're trying. No, I'm joking. But I mean, wh- whatever. Please rate us. Um, whatever your poison, you can find us on Facebook, um, any of our social media platforms. Leave us a loving note. And guess what? <laughs> guess what we're on? Yes, finally. We've done it. We are on TikTok. Hey, yeah, gonna... <laughs> we did it. Tai Tai, our Tay Tay, our Silver Boule, she. Twisted our rubber arm. Yes, so we're sitting in that discomfort for a bit, Claire, because we we're we're new to this this TikTok thing. But please hit the subscribe button. Yeah, every interaction brings one mom closer to sanity. I believe it. The more we're seen, the better this podcast will do, and the better we can be for you. Charlene, Claire, I think that's it for this week. <laughs> Obviously, we went over time because we always go what? over time. We went over time. No, it's a surprise. Shocker. Are you surprised, Tyler? <laughs> no. <laughs> Claire, you're doing an amazing job at life and parenting. Thank well you. done. It doesn't feel like it, but thank you. No, you <laughs> Obviously, it doesn't feel Never like feels it. feels like it. But the fact that you, you don't feel like it to me, and you, Oaks, taught me that, is that the fact that you you feel like you're not getting there or doing all the things means you're thinking about it which means you already care enough so you're doing all of the things throw my own medicine yes, <laughs> yes. true the Thank fact you. you care enough the fact that you're thinking about it means mm. you're doing all the right things because you care deeply enough to always challenge yourself and question whether you're doing it look at us <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> Charlene, you're doing a great job too. Thanks. And you, Sam. The whole bitch of you. And <laughs> the loving mom of you. And the good girl and the bad girl. <laughs> Which we've established yeah. is just a, a, a false exterior. <laughs> <laughs> doing a great job. And you too. I think that's it for this week. Keep your mom game strong. Keep your mom game strong. <laughs> <laughs>